0: here for a reason today? You may think, well, I, I typically go to church or I typically come to this house or whatever, but you're here for a specific reason today. And the Lord has been chasing you. The Lord's been chasing me. Whew. And he's relentless. He will have his bride Do you know you're his bride? You're his bride. He will have his bride. Light up the shadows, God. Climb to the high places we've hidden. Tear down the walls we've built break the lies we've agreed with. Come on, would you pray that? Light up the shadows. Come on, say that. Light up the shadows. Climb up the mountains where we've hidden. Break down the walls we've built. Tear down the lies we've agreed with. <sighs> <laughs> you know that's what today represents this is Palm Sunday we're representing Jesus' triumphant entry as the King of Kings Whew. the Lord of Lords name above every name come on at the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that he is the Lord, Yeshua, the Lord, the Messiah, the King, the righteous one, the desire of nations, come on, that's him. So the rest of this time, I want you to have a singular focus. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Whatever your breakthrough is, that's what I want you to focus on. Because that's what today represents. Matthew 21, if you want to open there. We're going to go there. We're going to read this 17 verses of Jesus' triumphal entry. We've talked about it today, how he chose to, to ride on a donkey. It fulfilled prophecy as a humble king. Come on a humble king. What a beautiful title. (laughs) He did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped at, to be attained, to be fought for, strived for. So he humbled himself and became a servant. A humble king. Would you say that humble king? Mm. Not like any other king. You know, all the prophecies in the Bible prophesied of the Messiah coming as a humble king. And they even drew pictures and correlations of other great conquerors that would come in in their pride and their pomp and their circumstance. And that Jesus would come in lowly and he wouldn't, he wouldn't be announcing it himself. He wouldn't be stirring this up. He wouldn't be sending out the press conference and the releases and saying, hey, I'm announcing my, my kingship today. He just came into town and the people responded to him. Let's read this story. Matthew 21 verse 1. And it says, now when they drew near to Jerusalem. See, this is a holy week. You all know that. that. This is a holy week. A lot of stuff happened this week that changed all of history. And every bit of it was significant. Not one part of it was insignificant. The dates and the times of everything that happened this week were set before the foundations of the world to occur. In this specific time frame. And Jesus fulfilled every one of those prophecies every single one of them he he kept the word of his father and everything was significant and it was a time for them to draw near to Jerusalem and and uh, he came to Bethpage uh, and to the Mount of Olives and Jesus sent, uh, sent two disciples saying to them go into the village opposite of you and immediately you will find a donkey and it'll be tied and a colt with her loose them and bring them to me And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them with you. And this was done to fulfill, come on, that which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey, is to fulfill prophecy. Every detail mattered of this week. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and they brought the donkey <clears throat> and the colt, and they laid their clothes on them, and they set Jesus on them. <laughs> and then what happens? All right, come on. Everywhere Jesus went, people followed, and a great multitude, and they began to spread their clothes on the robe. Oh, it's just this prophetic symbol of preparing the way preparing the way of the Lord, making a path for him. It's beautiful. Every bit of it's beautiful. And then they cut down branches from the trees, the palm trees there, and they spread them out on the road. And the palm tree represents victory. It represents triumph. And they're laying it out before him and saying, victory is before you. Triumph is before you. And because it's before you, it's before us. All right, come on. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good word. <laughs> and then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, everyone say that, Hosanna. Woo. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, what does it mean? Lord, save us. Lord, would y'all say that? Lord, save me. It could also be translated to save me now. And they begin to sing, Hosanna, Jesus, save us, son of David. And then they, pri- they cried out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Come on. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, who is this? Ooh, everyone began to take note. There was something unique and special happening on this day. And so the multitudes told them who he was. This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And then listen to what happens. We're going to key on on five things here in a moment. Immediately after that, Jesus went into the temple of God. Let me remember this story. We picture angry Jesus, the the zeal of the Lord on Jesus in this moment. And he enters into the temple, and what does it say? He drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple. Interesting that this happened. When we tell that story of Jesus driving the money changers out of the temple, we don't often connect it to it was right after he entered into the city in his triumphal entry. This was the sequence of events. And he overturned the tables and the money changers. He just flipped the tables over and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house, would you all say this with me? My house shall be called a house of prayer. Let's say it again. My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves and he was quoting that, my house, the, the the zeal of the Lord will perform this, that his house should be called, God's house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. There's a seat at the table for everyone, right? But you have made it a den of thieves. Pause, and then another change happens. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Everything mattered. There was a sequence of events that mattered. But when the chief priests... And the scribes saw the wonderful things he did. And the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were indignant. They were angry. And they said to him, do you hear what these people are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read? And he quotes Psalms that says, out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have ordained praise. And the rest of the Psalm says, to silence the foe and the avenger. The, the psalm says, for you have ordained praise from the mouths of babes and infants. You have ordained praise to silence the foe, to silence the enemy and the avenger. And then it says, then he left and he went out to the city of Bethany and he lodged there. Some interesting things happened. This is a holy week. Do you know that almost any other time when people would try to tell Jesus that he was the king, that he was the Messiah, what was what was things that he would say to them often would be, Don't tell anyone who I am. Like, oh, but you're the Messiah. Shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. It wasn't time yet. There was a sequence of events that had to happen. And this was the one time that Jesus allowed them to call him the son of David, the Messiah. This was the one time that he answered to it, basically saying, yes, I am who you say that I am. This hadn't happened before. This was very unique and it fulfilled prophecy because timing mattered. And the palm branches and all the stuff. And I want to draw these. There's five things that jumped out in here at me. It's when Jesus acknowledged he was the Messiah. He made an announcement. All right, things are about to shift. Up until this point, it wasn't my time. But now it is my time. And I'm going to fulfill prophecy. And I am the Savior of the world. I am going to die on the cross. The time has drawn near. It is time for this stuff to happen. I'm going to stir the pot right now. I'm going to stir the pot and I'm going to let people know, yes, I am who they say that I am. And then they begin to cry out. So that was the first thing Jesus admitted who he was. The second thing that was vital and important was that people began to cry out, Hosanna, because they recognized they needed a Savior. That's the second thing that was really unique here. Jesus said, I'm the Savior. And then their response was, We need a Savior like you. Immediately, we need you. You're the Savior. I love how Bill Johnson says everyone wants a king like Jesus. There's no one like him. Everyone wants a king like him. He's amazing, he's the best. And Jesus says, I am the king. And they're like, well we need you to be our king. Hosanna, Hosanna, be our king, be our savior, rescue us. And then Jesus cleansed the temple, number three. I love that this happened in this sequence. Because it's like God was setting up some divine order. Because some things had gotten out of hand. And I feel like this is prophetic for us in this day and age. That God's setting some things back in order. That he's reminding us that he is the Savior. And we're beginning to respond, oh, we need you as our Savior. We can't do anything apart from you. We are poor in spirit. We're desperate for you. And then Jesus is now coming into the temple and he's cleansing it. He's removing corruption from the body of Christ. Have you read any of the news in the last recently in the Christian world of the stirring that's taking place? And I don't I don't want to say this is judgment and God's throwing these people to hell, but God is causing the corruption that has been creeping into the church over time and the marketing and the marketplace and the machine that the church has become. He's allowing that stuff, the corruption that's crept in with it, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He's allowing some of this corruption to come to the top because he's cleansing his temple. There's compromise that he's confronting. And I feel it in my own life. I mean, you you feel it like he's confronting compromise because he's, where's the temple? We're the temple. And we can look worldwide and say, oh, the church, the church, the people that fell, the people that made a mistake, whatever. No, stop it. Oh, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would do the same thing. I'm worried about my temple, and I, I see a sign that if the temple is being cleansed and there's becoming a, a compromise is being confronted, well, I should look inside. Lord, are you confronting compromising me? And he sure is, because the Bible says that repentance must start at the house of God. Judgment must start at the house of God. A, a returning to him starts with us. It starts with us, the temple of God. And he's restoring the righteousness of his temple. And it's that prophecy that says the zeal of the Lord, the zeal of his father would perform this in him. It's the zeal of God that's burning the compromise out of our lives. It's God's love for us. It's his relentless love. There's no shadow. There's no mountain. There's no wall. There's no uh, lie. He's breaking it all down because it's compromise. His zeal for us and his zeal for the purposes of God's house are consuming him. And he's confronting compromise and corruption. And immediately after he cleanses the house of the corruption and the compromise, he puts it back in order. And he says, okay, this is what... It was. I'm flipping this over. I'm driving all of you out of here. And then I'm going to announce again what my house is supposed to be, what my father's house is supposed to be. And it's to be a house of prayer. A house of prayer. And I want to pause there. The temple, me, everyone say me, should be a house of prayer (laughs) for all nations. the most powerful thing we have is communion with God is communication with him to be able to speak to him and be able to hear him speak there's nothing more powerful than to hear from our maker the one who knows us most intimately the one who knows our next steps who knows the times and seasons we're in and knows how to line those things up for us there's nothing more important for us to grab hold of again as his temple than to become a house of prayer. That individually we become a house of prayer. That his, his gathering place that we call the church becomes a house of prayer. We talk about this all the time. We've heard it so much that we almost glaze over it when we talk about it. But I, don't, I want you to hear it like the first time again. When when Jesus was walking with his disciples, they could have asked him to teach us anything. Teach us to cast out demons. Teach us how to preach the way you preach. Teach us how to walk on water. But what did they ask him? Teach us how to commune with God the way you do. Teach us how to talk to him. And hear from him. You know, they saw him busy doing one thing and stop and immediately shift directions. Jesus is on his path and he stops and he goes, Oh, I have to go here. Nope, someone touched me. They saw this constantly in Jesus' life. They saw the communication between him and his father. They saw him disappear from the crowd and go to the mountains and to the, to, the, to the gardens and pray with his father. They saw this, and they understood that's what makes him special. It's his connection. It's his communication with the father. And Jesus has given every one of us the opportunity. He has paid for by his blood so that you and I can boldly enter into the throne where God sits and makes decisions, and executes justice, and makes decrees, and undoes unrighteous things done to us, and defends us, and proclaims things over us, and releases healing. From that room, we have given divine access. That any time of the day, any time of the night, at any condition of our heart, we can go in there, and we can stand before our God and speak to him face to face. And he talks to us. I love that I get to talk to him. But I hear myself talk all the time. I hear my thoughts. I hear my words. And if prayer was just me talking to God, it's, it's a good deal. I still get to talk to God. But it doesn't have the shine of the ability to hear him talk. The man... The, 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 the king, the, the guy who spoke the whole universe into existence by speaking, speaks directly to me and moves my heart with his voice. And we've made prayer a discipline and we made it a task and we've made it a chore and we've lost the wonder and we've lost the privilege and the adventure of prayer. It's fun to have a communication with God. It's, I love it when he just stops me and talks to me. I want everything. Shh, stop. Shh. God's talking. And we've made it a discipline. We've made it something we're supposed to do to prove we're a Christian. And we've forgotten that it's our home. Communing with him is our home. The walk with him in the garden from the very beginning was our home. It was his choice from the beginning to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden, to go on a walk with them. How was your day today? Well, I named some animals. Cool, what'd you name them? Giraffe. Where'd you come up with that one? <laughs> right. Duck billed platypus. What, what about that one? <laughs> crazy. Like that's God was communing and fellowshipping with him. And then when the fall happens, they hid from that place. They lost connection to it. But Jesus, through his blood, restored it. Come on. And he said, My house, my temple, shall be a house of prayer for all nations. And you see the sequence when Jesus acknowledged he was the Messiah, and people responded to him Hey, we need you to be our Savior. Hosanna. Then he goes and he cleanses the temple and he purges corruption and he drives out the compromise from the house of God and says that righteousness will sit here again. And then he says, this is the actual purpose for this gathering place, for you, the temple of God. You're to be a house of prayer for all nations. Come on. And then he does one more thing. He starts healing people. It's so beautiful. He begins to heal the blind and the lame. I feel like God's restoring a divine order in this house. And the blind and the lame are going to be healed, and it's going to become commonplace. Those that are oppressed today of the devil, you're going to be set free. The the activity of oppression has beginning to, to reveal itself because Jesus wants to set you free from it. Anytime... Anytime the enemy reveals himself as the tormentor in another person, it's because he knows that Jesus is there to release them from the torment. They don't want to leave. I, I, I don't know if there's someone in this room or someone watching, but you're oppressed. You are tormented from the devil. Tormented, and he wants you, Jesus wants you to be free today because he's the Savior. And you can just say, Hosanna. Hosanna. Lord save rescue me from torment. See there's a there's a compassion that Jesus walked in towards oppressed people towards women towards the the the, the people of society that that weren't of the right race. Jesus had this compassion for them. He had compassion for those that were possessed by demons and tormented. He had compassion for those that had been paralyzed their whole life. He had compassion on widows. He had compassion on people who had lost loved ones before their time. Jesus was moved with compassion, so he healed people. And I'm asking that Jesus would baptize Fire Life and every single one of us with a new compassion. That justice and compassion can be par- in partnership. Justice and compassion. I want. I want to make a declaration. Family Worship Center into Fire Life. That's who we are now. I simply got Tabernacle all the way to now. I see the image nowadays, like I see it. <laughs> Jason had this great idea for something we're going to do on the wall. It's of of all the logos coming into the flame of fire life, and really cool idea, Jason. So we're going to have to put copyright, Jason, the floor (laughs) there. But I don't know how many of you remember this, and I just I feel like we're supposed to go here because this is what Jesus did. He released captives and prisoners. But this church has a long history of seeing demon possessed people set free. It used to happen almost weekly. Some of you have been puked on in the altars right next to me. Some of you have seen people laid out on the spirit. You've seen people manifest. And you've also seen people just touched and set free. Like we've seen it all. I've I've seen healings as well. I've seen a growth on a man. I can see where I was. And he had a growth on his neck. Old Family Worship Center, remember the big stage right over here on the side. And as people laid hands on him, it disappeared right in front of our eyes. I've seen it. I've seen him do it. And that's the DNA of this house. It's a revival house. And what I I feel is happening right now, and I just want to prepare you, oppressed people are going to begin to be attracted to you and attracted to this house. In your workplace, when you're at the grocery store, oppressed, tormented people are going to be attracted to Jesus in you. And as you carry Jesus as the Messiah on your heart, their response to him in you is going to be, save me, rescue me. Because when, when you think of someone who's oppressed of the devil or demon possessed, they're not evil. They're oppressed. They have been taken captive. And I'm telling you, be ready. Be prepared to move in compassion. Compassion you're going to set captives and prisoners free. It's going to happen in worship. It's going to happen when you're checking out at the grocery store. It's going to happen in a restaurant. Atmospheres are going to shift as you put Jesus as the king and as we restore the righteousness of his house and of his temple and as we stir up the house of prayer inside of me. When I say I want fire life to be a house of prayer, this is our goal. We're, we're a long ways from that goal, it appears. But the Lord can shift it in a second. The key to fire life, the church, the building, the, the organization, whatever you want to call it, the key to fire life becoming a house of prayer is for all of us to become a house of prayer. I'm a house of prayer. I have divine access to the throne of God. And this is the confidence that I have, that anything I say to him, he hears me. Come on. And the rest of it is better. And if he hears me, he will answer me. This is our confidence. So when we talk about Palm Sunday and we just think of Jesus riding in on a donkey in the palm, there's so much more that happened on that day. There's one more thing I didn't want to spend a lot of time on, but Jesus stirred up the wrath of the of the religious people that were about to crucify him. He did one more thing. He started up. He stirred them up so that the next day, uh, if you follow the, the timeline, the, the triumphal entry happened the day before all this stuff happened. Right. And as as Jesus stirred them up, then the plot to kill him was executed, put into motion. And Jesus happily went to the cross. We're going to talk more about Easter this next Sunday. We're going to have communion Friday night right here as like a family communion. We're going to do a prophetic act where we're going to write a compromise, a sin, something the Lord's dealing with and and burning out of us. And we're going to write it on, on fire paper and we're going to release it and the Lord's going to burn it up. It's going to be an amazing thing we're doing Friday. So I want to welcome you to that. But I just wanted to stir up what today represents and what it all meant. And it means that your life will never be the same. One day can change everything. One day. If you've been battling and and suffering and fighting with something for a long time, it's over. It's over. It's over. Why? Because Jesus has compassion for the oppressed. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Would you say that? Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. sorry, yeah. man. Jesus. Hosanna. <laughs> We're going to go through the five things. Would you stand? This is how we're going to end service. (sighs) The first one is Jesus says he's king. Can we all just think about that for a moment as Jesus is the king of kings? The Lord of lords, come on, all power and all authority has been given to him. (laughs) All power, all authority has been given to him, the king, the king forever. Come on. And now let's respond to him as king. Hosanna, come on. Just tell him, Hosanna, Hosanna, save me, save me, son of David. (laughs) Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Hosanna. (laughs) Hosanna, Hosanna. We bless you, we bless you. Right now, if you're here and you're distant from God, just tell him, Hosanna, Hosanna, save me, bring me close. Come on, that's all it is. That's all it takes is to call on him. (sighs) Yeah, Hosanna. Number three is going to require a little more participation. If there's any corruption, if there's any compromise, let's deal with it today. And I, I, we're not going to make it, like, like easy anymore. We're going to come to the front. Anyone, come to the front. You have any compromise. I'm the first one up here. Any compromise, any corruption that you want the Lord to just drive out, just come on up. we got two more things after this. We're going to pray for the people to be healed. We're going to pray that we become a house of prayer. But any compromise, come on. Yeah, just hand it to the Lord. Let him drive it out. Jesus, come and drive it out of my heart. Flip everything over. Come on. Break the old systems. The old defaults. Come on. The old operating system. Undo it right now. We drive out compromise. Come on, you pray. You talk to him. No compromise. No compromise. We stir up obedience. We stir up righteousness in our temple, in our heart. May there be no mixture. May there be no mixture. No holy and profane. May there be a separation. Drive out the compromise. Oh come on. Oh come on, come on. Shake <sighs> it In Isaiah 6, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. And then he's like, I'm an unclean man, and I live among unclean people. So God took a flaming coal from the altar and sent an angel to purify him. God, we ask that you would send your purifying fire into our hearts right now. Cleanse us. Refiners fire. Come on. We welcome you into our hearts. Set a fire in us, a purifying fire. Bring out pure gold, precious silver in us. Come on. Refine us. Drive out all the impurities. Burn them to the surface and blow them away like chaff, God. Purifying fire. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. (sighs) And now we're going to get back to our original purpose. We're going to pray that we become a house of prayer, a temple. Me, us, each of us. Come on, begin to ask him. Make me a house of prayer. I stir up my communication with you. I'm going to wear out the pathway to your throne in my life. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to always have an ear tuned into you, even always in the background tuned in. What are you saying? What is the God of the universe saying to me today? (laughs) Who am I that you're mindful of me? Come on. That you call me a friend. That you speak and talk to me like a friend face to face. God, restore the wonder of our communication. Remove it from our list of disciplines and make it an adventure. Make it a love affair, God. Put the heart back into our prayer life. Take the mind out of it and put our heart back into it, God. We re the well of our prayer life. See when the compromise is driven out, there's a there's a confidence, there's an authority that comes. Because I'm not I'm not owned by anything else. I can't be undermined. Like if I say something with my mouth. Nothing can undermine what I'm saying. There is a there is a connection between my heart and the the attitude, the behaviors, the righteous connection of my life. It, it sinks up, and when there's compromise, it just it, it it dilutes it. It makes me not even believe the things I say. But because God's driving the compromise out of us, there's going to be a renewed confidence, and we're going to begin to declare the word of the Lord. You will declare a thing, and it will happen. Jeremiah, call unto me, and I will answer, and I will show you great and mighty things you hadn't even thought of. It comes through our declaration. It's all connected. <laughs> I want to pray into this prayer thing one more time because I, please listen for a moment. I don't want us to think, okay, I'm going to fix my prayer life, and I'm going to hurry into my calendar, do those things. But that's not the key. The key is that your heart burns for him. If I can get my heart to burn for him, I won't have to, I mean, I like scheduling time to pray because it just helps keep me, but that's not the only time I pray, right? right? All of us, the same thing. I want my heart to be burning for him. To yearn for him. So, God, we, re, we recommit to this right here that we will be a house of prayer because the zeal for your house burns inside of us. And that you make us lovers. Come on. Last thing, if you're here and you need healing in any kind, physically, emotionally, financially, it, it, whatever, it could be something that you need deliverance, would you raise your hand? If you raise your hand, someone go to you and begin to pray over them healing in Jesus' name. Come on. We've got a few hands coming up. I'm going to yeah. just move to them. Keep your hands up till someone gets to you. After all those things, then Jesus healed And We have someone right here. This is John right here. Thank you, Mark. Hey, Rodney, will you come up and help pray with John as well? Thank you, thank you. Anyone else, do you need healing? He said for you to heal the sick, so heal the sick. I think we have one more up here up front. I think we needed a lady up here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Kristen. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We release healing in Jesus' name. Lord, after you established divine order... Then you healed the blind and the lame. And we release healing into the bodies, into the hearts, into the minds right now. We release oppress, those who are oppressed right now. We release them in Jesus' name. We break agreement with the lies of the enemy. We break connection with him. We give him no foothold right now in Jesus' name. Those that are oppressed, tormented, we release you from torment right now in Jesus' name. We release you from torment and pain and suffering in Jesus' name. You are healed because Jesus is the king. Because he paid a heavy price for our healing. Be well in Jesus' name. Be well in Jesus' name. Be well in Jesus' name. name. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What a great plan. What a great plan. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We bless you, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Son of David. (laughs) Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Jehovah-Jireh. Jireh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. What a good day. Hosanna. Hosanna. Uh, I'm so glad you came. I hope Jesus did something special for you today. Um, on your way out, if you have offering in person, we have, we'll have buckets ready for you. Um, also on the way out up front, um, we have these cards. Just invite someone next week. Give it to a friend, a family member, a coworker. worker um, It's really just a simple, simple card. Just invite them to Easter. We believe Jesus is going to heal people, save people, deliver people. Come on. That's what he does. And I pray that you have encounters this week. I bless you with encounters. First of all, with communication between your creator. He talks to you, and he hears you. Come on. And then he's going to stir up compassion inside of you for the oppressed around you.